Hi, and welcome to the Unhinged History Podcast, the podcast where Angie and I both compulsively learn things and we really, really hope that the other one's never heard it before. and Or at we, least forgot it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we tell each other the story that our spouses have had to hear on repeat for the last several days as we've been. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Did you know about this? Mm -hmm. I'm Teresa. That's what we do. I'm Angie. Hi. Hello. Oh, um, I'm delighted to bring you my story today. <laughs> just going right into it. I'm just going to, I am because it's so silly. It just needs to be out. It's been inside me. It's been welling up. I need to get it out. Um, and because of this silly story, Ian has, uh, the husband has sent me two additional topics Real quick, you, you called him the husband. I call mine hubs. And we were looking on HBO Max. And as we're on that main screen, when you get in there, um, he looked on the left-hand side and, you know, it's like all of the different things. But what the last icon he could click on was labeled hubs. And he went, why is my profile down here? And I was like, no, I don't think that is what you think it is. Like, I don't <laughs> think... I think That's it adorable. means like an integration or, you know, and he went, oh, yeah, that was a weird icon to put next to hubs. <laughs> I love that. No, actually, typically I refer to him as the man. Mm. The man. The yeah. man says. See, I have hubs and the kid. Yeah, I have the man, the boy, and the wee one. <laughs> Owen might and later re regret or resent being called the wee one still he doesn't mind he's okay. like i am we it is it is true i am small i am he refers to it as i am mall <laughs> that is adorable uh, he's pretty stinking cute and the boy is over he's about six two now but he still answers to the boy you know being so much taller than my four foot 11 grandmother, she would regularly make comments that she had no problem taking me out at the knee so she could look me in the eyes. I have repeatedly said that to, to the boy. He, he now just sits down because he feels like that's slightly more respectful. My, I never learned that with my grandmother. That might've really <laughs> helped our relationship. Well, now, you know. Well, Dude, I just sat down. <laughs> and she's past tense, so there's that. So Oh jeez. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> Next week in therapy. <laughs> Angie tells her therapist about how past tense Teresa's grandma is. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma was also only like four eleven. She was small. Mm. But let me tell you, she was spicy. And deaf, like totally deaf, was a lip reader and, um, you know, sign language. But she could, if you, I'm not kidding, dude. The amount of times she would turn around and smack you upside your head if you said anything behind her. How Dang. do you know? Can you, can you feel it in your feet? How do you know? I, I bet she just wanted to turn around and beat you. Like if you had a, a, a ball gag in your mouth and you just couldn't make, actually, that sounds like you should be beaten anyhow. Um <laughs> That took a turn. Also all in therapy next week. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is titled Teresa Triggers Angie. 
that's actually pretty perfect for my story. I'm oh my. Just saying. What but a beautiful not in segue. the way you think. Not in the way you think. Oh it's no. It's gonna be delightful. What did I do? Do you remember the other day when um I texted you and said I have officially I'm officially a Lederhosen? Um it, master, I think like I think it was expert. after reading two articles, I am now an official Lederhosen expert. In fact, yeah. Um, Which I didn't know there was such a low threshold, but I didn't anticipate a high one. So, well, to be honest, I didn't know there was one at all. Um, but I learned a lot in those two articles. And sidebar, it really has nothing to do with anything other than the man loves me so much that he found an article about Lederhosen and needed to share it. <laughs> that is so hyper-specific. Isn't it? And I how was does like, one this... find themselves on a Lederhosen article? Well, when, when I tell you the name of my story, perhaps our Google has the algorithm is like, oh, 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 you need to know this. Oh <laughs> yes, the mind meld between Teresa and Angie is is set at this time. Indeed, um, <clears throat> my my story is a a brief history of Liechtenstein. The city, the castle, isn't it? Wait, Liechtenstein. I. What area did Heath Ledger's character from A Knight's Tale hail from? He was Ulrich von Liechtenstein of Gilderland. Yes, <laughs> I pulled that. I knew that. I got Liechtenstein. And we watched it last night just to confirm. <laughs> okay. Um. So, so are you familiar at all with the history of Liechtenstein? No, other than Heath Ledger's character's name. Uh, oh, then this is going to be a doozy, and I am so excited to share it with you. I am so grateful that I was able to pull that, because typically I'll play these episodes back as I'm editing them, and I'll be like, wow, I was really good at faking that I knew what I was talking about. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I <But> got it. <laughs> I literally pulled that out of the air. Okay, carry on. Well, well, well done. Well done. Um. So if you can just imagine Heath Ledger the entire time, this story will be even funnier. That's easier for me. Get perfect. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to disclaimer my story by saying I set out to tell you a part of the story. Um but with everything I learned, I had to learn more and with every more I learned, I had further questions. So here we are. So this is the rabbit trail. This is the story of rabbit trails. Um, and I have like 57,000 sources. Um, I'll just I'll just name the first few. Uh, War History Online. Okay. Dot com. Um, is there a specific article or just it's, in its entirety? You consumed all of it. <laughs> well, I have not consumed all of War History Online yet. The article, I really don't want to give the article title away just yet. But we'll get there. Um, a timesherald.com opinion article on... <clears throat> Are you ready for this? I'm braced. The world's largest denture maker. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I really want to know the hidden named article now. Yeah, don't you, though? Uh, a Britannica.com article on the history of Liechtenstein that's just Liechtenstein slash history. Um, I didn't know they had. Oh, it's Britannica, not not. I was thinking dictionary.com. I was like, they have article. Okay, carry on, carry yeah, on. Britannica. Um, we are the mighty.com, the mighty history of Liechtenstein's army. 
Okay. Um, <clears throat> org article, Russia almost sold Alaska to its tiny European country instead of the United States. I hate when that happens. I know. Uh, I did have I did out of curiosity pull up a Wikipedia article called "The House of Liechtenstein" because I had a a uh, heraldic ancestry question and I figured they could answer it and they kind of did because I needed to know about Ulrich von Liechtenstein <laughs> <laughs> and a um, spectator.com.uk article called "Liechtenstein is utterly ridiculous." <laughs> But that's a big part of its appeal. And the U.S. Embassy, um, like, web portal for Liechtenstein. I mean, get, get, get you through the boring part, even though it's pretty wild, too. Um, Liechtenstein is only 62 square meters. It's actually smaller than Washington, D.C. Or, excuse I, me, 62 square miles. I could run a country that small. Right? Um... It is the only country that's named after its ruling family, which incidentally purchased it about 300 years ago. You know, actually, that checks. I feel like money buys a lot. Doesn't it? Um, it is also the um, only European monarchy today that still has actual real political power. Oh. Like, it's an absolute, it is an absolute monarchy, but it does have a parliament and it does have, like constitutional you know like there are other people that help run the country but the monarchy is the final result you know like the end all be all you know to be fair if i were part of the Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein government or royal family i think i would win every argument by saying i own you yeah it, i'll get there because oh, okay they don't appear by any accounts to be that type of people and you'll find out why in just a minute. Okay. Um, Liechtenstein has a somewhat complicated and long history, but I'm just going to start in, in 1699 with the purchase of the county of Vaduz, and then in 1612, um, the additional purchase of the county of Schellenberg. So they buy their country incrementally? Essentially, yes. So... The without getting it because it's kind of it's kind of convoluted, but without getting into a huge portion of the the further backstory, the the Liechtenstein family were serving as advisors to the Habsburgs for centuries, probably since the 13th century. Okay, but without any landed gentry of their own. So they couldn't be styled as princes or dukes or anything like that. They were just incredibly wealthy advisors. So they want to be styled as princes. They want to have power. They want well, to yeah. have a seat at the Habsburg head table, right? Because so this is during that time. I mean, at some point, oh gosh, when was it? There was a point in, in royal history where... If you were a merchant, you could only wear specific colors. And if you were royalty, you could only wear specific colors. And, it, and oftentimes merchants had more money than the royalty. And it kind right. of chapped their hides that they weren't allowed to wear specific colors. Right. To kind of keep them in their place. So, yeah, I, I would be rather, rather miffed as well. Right. Okay. So um, they, they want a seat at the table and they want to be um, given the credit that's due them. 
<laughs> so they they just purchase it. They just buy, they just buy it. <laughs> and um the the former people that were kind of ruling over that area were they went through some rather unfortunate times. They went through the plague and they went through um some wars and some witch hunts and the Liechtensteins were like we're we're gonna handle this like we're gonna take over we're gonna buy you out in six in 1712 the holy roman emperor charles the sixth declares it a are you ready for this word reichsfürstentinium or an imprince an imperial principality <laughs> so they he he labels their land that yeah, so he basically okay. styles them as princes, and he makes he makes Liechtenstein a an imperial principality, which is exactly what the family wants. Now they have a seat at the table, they have a title, they have a castle, like they're golden, they're happy campers. However, no one from the family chooses to live there until sometime later. <laughs> like how much later? Like. Like you know, um, you have too much money when you let your castle sit dormant. It was at least a hundred years. That's quite a bit of money. I would imagine right? my castle falling into disrepair. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to assume that they. I kind of get the the image that this area of the world is that valley that kind of lies. You know, it's just just next to Switzerland and Austria and and Germany, and it's that kind of peaceful or idyllic like golden valley if you will right and i have a feeling that the people that have lived there have been self sufficient the whole time like it doesn't seem like the people that were in power before the lichtensteins did a ton in the way of being a full-fledged lack of a better word monarch okay. or ruler um, so I get the I get the vibe that the your everyday human doesn't care one way or the other, like they're just going on about their life. Okay, that's that's at least what I I've gathered. So, um, we're gonna fast forward a little bit to our friend Napoleon. <laughs> All right. Uh -huh. During his conquest, uh, he dissolves the Holy Roman Empire and Liechtenstein is now released as an imperial state and allowed to join what Napoleon calls the Rhine Confederation in 1806. Liechtenstein finally wins its sole sovereignty. So it is no longer just a principality of the Holy Roman Empire, but it is officially cut ties. It's its, its own guy. The next two little blurbs I'm going to give to you come from the U.S. Embassy page on Liechtenstein, and they did a really great job of making it simple and straightforward to understand what happens over the next couple hundred years. But basically, Napoleon's defeat leads to the dissolution of the Rhine Confederation in 1813. Liechtenstein okay. goes on to represent itself at the Congress of Vienna and becomes one of the 39 new members member states of the German Confederation thereby reconfirming its sovereignty in order to meet the obligations under the German Confederation, Prince Johann II granted the Principality a limited constitution in 1818. What does it mean to have a limited constitution? I think it implies, and I could be wrong, so listeners out there, if I'm wrong on this, please call me out. 
I think it implies that there is a constitution. However, he remains absolute power. So even with the constitution, it's he's still the the final say. So okay. it doesn't really matter what the constitution says. If the prince wants it, the prince the prince gets it. That's the way I understand it. I could be Whatever very wrong. Whatever prince he wants, right. prince he gets. <laughs> Pretty much. But the people don't seem to mind this. That all seems to work out just fine for them. Under the Confederation, Liechtenstein is also compelled to maintain a military force. The Austro-Prussian War, in which Austria mobilizes the German Confederation against Prussia, ends with the defeat of Austria and the dissolution of the German Confederation. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Back up a second. I'm going (laughs) to ask you to repeat the year, and I'm going to ask you, how likely this could be that they had Liechtenstein had to supply troops to the time that oh wait no because the Holy Roman Empire okay I'll finish my thought and then I'll explain to you why it's not uh, I was going to ask you if they had to donate troops to the war that the Holy Roman Emperor had to fight against the Ottomans in one of your previous stories where the they Kranzvies? yes and then I realized halfway through that statement that. No, no, no. The Holy Roman Empire had dissolved, and now they were their own country. Okay, there we go. They are their own country. However, it is the same people groups. <laughs> so Liechtenstein so, and their people were there before they were their own sovereign entity. Correct. So the likelihood that during that delightful battle with the Ottomans that some Liechtensteiners were there is is high they might not have been called Liechtenstein yet but they were there okay all right um, they did they did speak german that is their language um so in the austro-prussian war austria mobilizes the german confederation against prussia which ends with the defeat of austria and the dissolution of the german confederation this releases Liechtenstein from its compulsory military force and gives the parliament the opportunity to refuse to fund any more military expenditures. Oh, imagine how much budget we would have for public education and mental health. Right? In 1868, reigning Prince Johann II acquiesced to parliament's wishes and disbanded the 80-man strong army. (laughs) I've been on field trips bigger. Wait till you hear the end of the story because that's going to be so much funnier. <laughs> the website goes, the embassy website goes on to say that <clears throat> until World War One, Liechtenstein was economically oriented towards the Austria Hungary by means of a customs treaty signed in 1852. Liechtenstein remains neutral during World War One, but it is severely affected by the economic measures which are levied against Austria Hungary, which leads to widespread hunger and a full stop on industrial output. Also, Liechtenstein is very small, so they don't bring a lot to the table in the ways of natural resources. So keep that in mind. Um <laughs> Due to the general unrest after the war, a new constitution allowing for significant direct democracy was negotiated and ratified by Prince Johann II in 1921. Following the collapse of the Austro-Hungarian Empire in 1918, Liechtenstein reoriented itself economically with Switzerland. Their delightful big brother. 
<laughs> this relationship was stabilized by a joint customs treaty and the introduction of the Swiss franc as the official currency by 1924. I love hearing when countries adopt another country's currency as their own. That is the laziest move that I am here for. <laughs> right? Upon Germany's annexation of Austria in 1938, Prince Franz Joseph II becomes the first reigning prince to take up residence in Vaduz Castle. 1938. They became a country in 1712. 1938, women in the U.S. had already been voting for 18 years. Mm-hmm. They have already owned the country for 200 years, but this is the first time someone has decided to live there. 1938 feels like a very bizarre <laughs> year to move into a castle. Yeah. Unless <laughs> you bought it off of the nobility on an auction off eBay. Yeah, no, he finally just decided it was time to move. Um... <laughs> Along with Switzerland, Liechtenstein remained successfully neutral during World War II and super benefited from the Customs and Currency Union with with Switzerland. In World War II, Liechtenstein did um, prohibit Nazi involvement in their country, but they were otherwise neutral. So, But how many spies were in Liechtenstein? I feel like that's another question I need answered. I don't have that answer, but I wish I did because I'm telling you everything I read left me with more more questions <laughs> okay so at the end of this we need to become independently wealthy and move to Liechtenstein for at least a year for our for own research independent purposes. research yeah mm -hmm. yeah so for science um, exactly i'm gonna hit you with a couple of fun facts about <laughs> Liechtenstein. um they have 90 minute long lunches and they are encouraged to be quiet during this time and also after 10 p.m oh that Isn't was that just Right? Don't bother me. I'm eating. Right? Um, I can fully get behind this, but it also doesn't hurt that G the GDP of Liechtenstein's residents is roughly 180000 a year. But you said that's... What? Okay, repeat, re okay hold on. Repeat that, because that did not <laughs> lodge in my brain. The GDP... Yes. ...of the residents of Liechtenstein okay, is so... roughly 180000 a year per person. They are living very comfortably. So, but what is making... that in U.S. dollars in today's money? Because I feel like I need to, I need to, I need my comeuppance, and I need to realize that it's really only thirty thousand U.S. It's dollars today. Swiss francs. Gosh dang it! Yeah. <laughs> so that does make it one of the wealthiest countries. I get. Does that have something to do with the ninety-minute lunches? I don't know, but I, I think that it does. Um. The next current... you're gonna say they have four day work weeks as well. Uh, I didn't I didn't want to know. <laughs> um <laughs> the current reigning prince has the only private da Vinci held in his collection. Dang, that is right? a flex. Right. Um it share like I said before, it shares its borders with Switzerland to the west and south, as well as Austrian to the or Austria to the east and north. And has a population of roughly 39,000 people. So that is a country where everybody knows everyone. Yeah, its population density is uh, roughly 614 people per square mile. 614 per square mile? Yeah, which is, and that incredibly is low compared to right, that's cities every other place. And rural lands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, every year... I, this is literally my favorite fact about Liechtenstein. 
Every year, the entire population is invited to celebrate their national holiday at the Vidu's castle by having a beer with the crown prince, Hans Adams II. What? <laughs> Dead serious. I want to see the Instagram posts of people of him doing the, the crown prince doing cake stands. It could be a thing. There's a delightful fireworks show and a little bit of a festival, but the entire population and anybody who might be visiting or is willing to make the trek is more than invited to come pop a top with the prince. Shut this down and buy a plane ticket. We're we've got places we gotta to go. be. Right? Um as far as I from what I can tell, and maybe I'm choosing to look at this with blinders, but um there's only really two bad marks on Liechtenstein's history. Um, there was a massive tax evasion scheme involving the Liechtensteiners' banks in 2008, but the government moved quickly to reinsure investors and foreign leaders, and a transparency and reform package was adopted in 2009. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development removed Liechtenstein from its black lists of tax haven. So Liechtenstein was only, they, they were only in trouble for like a year. So what you're saying is they looked at this blot on their reputation and they decided to do something about it? Pretty much, yeah. They decided that they were going to handle it and um, get back in the right light and be transparent about their banking system. I, I wonder what that's like. Unclear. I But I think it's fabulous for them and i really appreciate it um i this i want right, to say reading a fairy tale like all of this is a fairy tale does it even sound real like no this sounds like something <laughs> where i'm like okay but now get to the nitty-gritty where we realize that the crown prince also does all kinds of really awful nefarious things and only the very worst ones are coming to my mind and they're not entertaining so i'm not going to say them out loud yeah right okay so um the treaty, re- uh, so uh, Licht- in 2011, Liechtenstein acceded to the, I'm going to say this wrong, Schengen Agreement. Okay. One of the EU's foundational documents, which allows relaxed border controls between its signers, enabling passport-free travel within that area. I think, um, are you familiar with that? Where, yeah, like, it's like where if you're in the EU, once you get into an EU country and you pass customs, then, yeah. Right, yeah. right, Okay. So the powers of the monarchy were then reaffirmed in July of 2012 when voters overwhelmingly rejected a measure that would have stripped Prince Alois, I think is how you say his name. He is the son of the current monarch. Would have stripped him of the right to veto referenda. So basically that just reaffirmed that they want this family in charge and they want them to be the final say. So even though there's a parliament and a constitution, the crown princes seem to be doing it right and their people seem to love what they've got going on. Dang. And also I looked at the picture at a picture of the current reigning crown prince and he looks so stinking sweet that I'm like, are you sure you're real? okay could you imagine because like i'm going to compare this to queen elizabeth and you know having watched the entire crown series so i am an expert on the royal family (laughs) okay because those are my credentials but when you're watching like the earlier seasons and you see like how she's modernizing the monarchy and how she's allowing the firm to have you know more be more transparent and you know like but she also like during Queen Elizabeth's reign, 
watched the Tsar and Tsarina of Russia fall, who were related to her. Like she watched right. all of these imperial powers fall. I can only imagine the room, you know, as she's discussing with advisors on how mo modernizing the institution and giving the people more power and becoming more of a figurehead. And they're saying, but Liechtenstein, but Liechtenstein, we could, we could, <laughs> we could hold everything. We could be the absolute monarch. We could still do this. I feel like though she's going to have to invite a boatload of people to the palace for a beer. I mean, I think that's what wins him over, right? Like he's, I get this image. He's just like in his cookout apron, like flipping schnitzel or something. Oh my like, gosh. Like that's totally what I see in my brain. I, you know, this becomes more and more idyllic. I am ready for my leader Hosen. Same. Um, the other fact that made me a little bit um, flustered was that women didn't get the right to vote until 1984. Oh. I was born in 1984. Yeah. yeah. Same. So that didn't sit well with me. But then I thought about the fact that, like, the people continue to vote in favor of the ruling monarch and they continue to to have these incredible freedoms so like maybe for them it wasn't the worst yeah because i don't now, know now i want to know gender pay gap i want to know like you hear about how gender equal iceland is Right. And how all of the advancements they've made. And it was just because they sat down, what, in the 70s? And they were like, no, we're done with this. And, right. Yeah. And they just like made quick sweeping reform. So I almost wonder if like, A, it wasn't that bad. B, it's like, okay, you know, like, I don't know. Well, and the, the interesting thing about it is the little bit on this fact that I read was that, um, and I could have gone into it more, but this isn't the <laughs> this isn't the part of the story I came to tell, so I didn't. But they tried to reform their that in in the constitution earlier, like in the early seventies, but it got voted against. Like they were just like, no, we're good. And so some some suffragettes were like, no, 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 we really want the right to vote. And so they talked about it again and again. And finally, in nineteen eighty four, they were like, okay, yeah, let's do it. But it doesn't, from what I can tell, and, and like I said, I didn't read a ton on it, but it doesn't seem like to me they were marching in the streets about it. You know, and how, if, you're, if your country is 62 square miles, how niche is that to, to try to find books on of like, I'm looking for Liechtenstein suffragettes and all 14 <laughs> of them. Um, There is a picture. I'll I'll try to find it and send it to you of like i don't know maybe six women sitting at a table that they they look like maybe it was like the first time they got to vote and so they've got the paperwork you know in front of them and yeah. their sign and it's so funny because the picture is in black and white implying that it was ages ago oh <laughs> but i was like so is are these the six people that actually like really wanted to vote and everybody else is like meh i'm good you know okay <laughs> so you bring up a good point like when we look at pictures of civil rights movements or things like that we see black and white right. and it is for that reason to imply this was so long ago but Liechtenstein's voting women that could have been a polaroid absolutely and it's so funny because the, the everything about the picture is just like wait what like they appear to be sitting on a stage that has like a, a like a theater curtain behind them yep 
Um, so in my brain, I immediately was like, oh, this is clearly like a village city council meeting and like their, their town hall also works as the local gym and theater for children. Like, because they're so small, like that's exactly where my brain went. And it's just these six women that like want to vote. So I guess we'll give them the right to vote. Here you go, ladies. Like, but given the timeline, they could have done their first vote and then went to a jazzercise class. And then had a beer with the prince. Absolutely. And then went and played Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. And still been home in time for dinner and schnitzel. Just this saying. timeline is weird. I, everything about it is weird. So now I'm going to get into the fun stuff. Because if it wasn't weird enough. Uh, Russia did offer Alaska to Liechtenstein before the U.S. bought it in 1867. Alaska is roughly 11,000 times bigger and now, very far away. To be fair, Alaska is also very far away from Washington. Mm-hmm. Yep. I get that. I, I, I imagine Liechtenstein was like, nah, man, we're good. We're very happy with our, our swath of land. We yeah. don't need a frozen tundra. Thank you, though um those like people said, are weird our people don't even want to vote they just want to have beers we can't import much. everybody from alaska here for the beer pretty much <laughs> their population is substantially bigger <laughs> was it i'm sure it was they only had 39 like today they only have thirty-nine thousand residents yeah but there's like six people in alaska oh let's google it i'm googling it right now because i need to know what is the pop? Now, what, 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 hold on. What year did Alaska offer that or Russia offer that? 1867. Okay, I'm going to look that up. In 21, there was 732,000 people in Alaska. Repeat that. Uh, oh, sorry, hold on. 732,000 people living in Alaska. Okay, okay. So still less people than the portland metropolis yep or portland metro area um okay yep <laughs> in 1867 the population was that only goes to 2010 well there is an article uh listing that between 1830 and 1863 population ranged in alaska between 11,000 and 7,000 depending on the year 11,000 yeah in 1880 the population was 33,000 people. 33,000 people. That yep. that that is the population of what Atwater, California? Yeah, I think so. A few more fun facts. Um Liechtenstein does not have a military as I said before. It was disbanded in 1868 making it one of only 22 countries in the world today without any armed forces. Wow. <laughs> Switzerland guards them and even represents them in some diplomatic instances. So Switzerland is legitimately the big brother. Like they they handle Liechtenstein for Liechtenstein. I want Switzerland to be my big brother. <laughs> right? Allow me to tell you what brought us here in the first place. Ooh, here is the <laughs> actual map of rabbit trails. Uh-huh. 
Switzerland has been a neutral country since 1515. To be fair, the mountains do a very decent job of helping them maintain their own borders. In fact, however, even though they've been neutral since 1515, Switzerland has invaded Liechtenstein three times. Look, it's that typical big brother, little brother relationship. On accident. On accident? Yep. You don't accident. Okay, I'm an older sister and I have been a terror to my younger. That does not mean that when I said things were accidents, that they were. Allow me to tell you the stories. On December 5th of 1985, a very cold and blustery day. 1985? This, 1985, yeah, we were a year old. Okay. Um, despite the weather, the Swiss go out on a training exercise involving surface-to-air missiles. Okay. Please remember, it is very cold and it is very windy. They hit the launch button and the super wind helps direct the missiles right into Liechtenstein's Banwald Forest, thus igniting a huge forest fire only made bigger by the wind. I feel like some simple math prior to could have highlighted the possibility of this uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So... At this point, like I said, Switzerland and Liechtenstein, they share a great bond with Switzerland acting as the good big bro to Liechtenstein. However, this did cause a bit of a tussle. And it is said that there was talk about blaming either the, <laughs> the failing either on the weather or faulty equipment, given that Switzerland doesn't make its own rockets. So... Okay, but but nothing on the person who signed off on the locality of the training exercise or the person who should have done the math. Nope. So so anyway, Switzerland, like, I don't know, Venmo's them several million dollars to cover the damages. Uh, Morehistory.com has this to say. Quote, rumor has it that the entire affair was eventually settled over a case of white wine or two and perhaps some fondue. You, you think that'd be the I last mean, time. Honestly, <laughs> okay, this does sound like, you know, adult siblings fighting. Doesn't it? Um, on October 13 in 1992, less than 10 years later, invasion number two happens. Some Swiss army cadets are out on maneuvers. They are instructed to set up an observation post in this village of Tresenberg. It's a wee and gorgeous village with a very small population of about 2,564 people. That is such... My high school was 2,000 students. Right? So your high school as a village. I would However, hate it there. I would, I, <laughs> I would riot. Well, that's why we're moving to Liechtenstein, clearly. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> However... The wonderful people of Tresenberg, I hope I'm saying that right, speak a very distinct German dialect that dates back to the 14th century. The Swiss also speak German, but that's neither here nor there because the people of Tresenberg's dialect is so different. The Swiss army leadership has the cadets set up shop, basically forgetting that Tresenberg is not actually in their country. Whoops. Oops. My bad. The cadets, right? Ooh, sorry about that. Um, the cadets are just doing what they're told to do, and they probably forgot about it too. 
In their defense, there are no border posts, and people can travel freely between the nations, and they even share a currency, right? So, like, what do they know? This only caused confusion and awkwardness for the locals and some wounded pride for the Swiss having... When a tax tax collector. Have a tax collector. Break it up. Come on. That's what's going to happen, right? No. Um... This All this did was add to the conversation of the Swiss disbanding their military, uh, which was still being talked about up until at least 2016. Wait, so Switzerland no longer has... That's how they solved no, it, is they just like, don't have a military? No, they... It was, I guess, so people had been talking about that in the past, and this only added to that, like, look, you've already invaded Liechtenstein twice. Clearly, your leadership is in need of a map and a mathematician. Either a map or just like, hey, we're going to be doing some stuff in your backyard. A memo, maybe? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yo, Princey, here's a couple barrels of, of Stella, and uh, we're going to be doing some stuff there. But we'll see you for your celebration, right? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if that wasn't embarrassing enough. Invasion number three. What's On funny March is... First, all three happened during our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on March 1st, it's another dark and very stormy day, and 171 Swiss infantrymen are trudging their way through another training exercise armed with their iconic Swiss army knives that evidently don't have a compass or GPS. And they were smacked right in the face with a very heavy downpour. At least that's the official story. They kept on trudging, but it is cold, it is dark, and it is very stormy, and by morning they realize they have marched over a mile into Liechtenstein before someone figures it out and turns everybody around and marches them right back home. It seems it was a bit embarrassing on both sides, so both sides heavily downplayed the story or never even covered it to begin with. Allow me to hit you with one more delightful Liechtenstein fact. Are you ready for this? Go on. In 1866, because you had to hear about the accidental invasions first. In 1866, during the Austrian-Prussian War, while they still had a standing army, Liechtenstein sent 80 men to guard the Brenner Pass, which resides between Austria and Italy. Okay. While 20 soldiers remained at home to guard Liechtenstein. Oh my gosh. Like so, literal classroom sizes. Yes. Uh, so these 80 men, they sit at the pass, they drink, they play cards, they smoke their pipes, never once engage in any battles. After the Prussians win the war, the Liechtensteiners march home. But something was amiss. They left home with 80 soldiers, but... And they come home with 81. 81. <laughs> yep. That was this story. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He was either an Austrian liaison officer or a friendly Italian defector. No one's really knows for sure, but they know one extra man came home. Liechtenstein's army was disbanded two years later. <laughs> <laughs> but did he keep his citizenship? Because that seems to be the real win. I feel like he probably did. But what makes me laugh so hard is knowing that their army was only 80 men big. 100, because they left 20 at home. 
80 right. plus 20 is 100. Is 100. But by the time they spanned the army, there was only 80. Oh, So I'm going to assume goodness. 20 of them retired. <laughs> you know, and okay. If, if a fifth of your army retires, that is massive. That leaves you with 80. <laughs> I mean, if we reduced our standing force by a fifth, that would be a massive reduction. That is mind-boggling, especially when you can like when you're thinking about numbers so small as like there are lecture classes in colleges that are 80 to 100 people. There are kindergarten classrooms that are 20 <laughs> kids big. Yeah. And like that that said, I feel like now releasing kindergartners to defend a castle could be a hilarious move. I mean, and here's the thing. Like, there is not a single point of this, this like, of this story where I didn't go, this place does not exist. Like, yeah. this is so silly. The writers so of a made-for-TV movie made a country. On Hallmark. Built a country. Like, I love this place. He is a Swiss soldier that unknowingly invades this country. Again. She is a owner of a bookstore of the town that was invaded. Tristenberg. Will they find love this Christmas? Find out on Hallmark. <laughs> exactly what it is. Or he could be her billionaire boyfriend denture maker. Yeah, so how the heck did dentures make into this? Thank you for bringing that up, because that is something that we need to close the loop on now. Okay, so uh, like I said, the GDP of Liechtenstein is roughly $180,000 per person. Is it all dentures? A year. No, that's just one man. He's their only billionaire, and he makes dentures and teeth implants. Because, because like I said before, uh, given Liechtenstein's size, natural resources aren't... Plentiful. Plentiful, right? So their export business uh, had to rely elsewhere. And this individual, which unfortunately I thought I had his name in my notes, but I don't. He happens to be the biggest exporter of fake teeth. But now, okay, let's let's remove the outlier from the equation. Do we know what the average person makes? Because he is pulling up the average. Uh, well, it other sources that don't mention the denture guy continually say they're right around 180 grand a year. But like, okay, you have mean, median, and mode for averages, right? Like, right. and if the mean is 180, but that includes the millionaire, what is? I feel like he's the one outlier and doesn't doesn't get counted because they only have the one. It's like you're a thousandaire or the one billionaire. There's no in between. All right. I mean, I guess I'll accept it because there's only three books written on Liechtenstein. <laughs> and two of them are just written on beer recipes and schnitzel. So. <laughs> I don't know how to real. think about this. This is so backwards to me. Is this not the silliest story you've ever heard? I mean, it is a country that is hundreds of years old, incredibly small, exports basically only dentures and throws kegers yep every year yeah and this particular swath of land has been continually inhabited since the romans 
I don't have a schema for this, Angie. You're welcome. You've broken me. This is another I've... episode where we're going to end. <laughs> I'm frustrated because I now have to go do all the research that I expected you to spoon feed me. And all you did was give me more questions. Listen, here's the thing. Remember how I said every question I had created more questions? I genuinely believe you will never find all the answers. Okay, but now we have to go not back because, to Lederhosen. Because, not because you specifically can't, but because every new information leads to a new question. <laughs> but how did you get to Lederhosen? I need to tie that up, too. Okay, so I have been telling Ian about Liechtenstein for days because this is one of my very favorite stories. And, like, Tuesday rolled around, Wednesday rolled around, and he was like, well, she's talking about Liechtenstein. And Liechtenstein's close to Bavaria, and Bavaria wears Lederhosen. We're going to learn about Lederhosen. So what I learned about Lederhosen is, and I think this is very silly, um, Lederhosen was originally created for, like, the working class people. Okay. And that's silly to me because, have you ever seen a Lederhosen that wasn't beautiful? I No, because I've only seen the ones when you go to, like, the October fests where they right. pay some actor to walk around and that very itchy scratchy deal. You know, evidently they used if they were made of leather and this whole area of the world wore some version of Lederhosen. And because the man knew I was stuck on Liechtenstein, he thought he would bring another element to the image and give me a visual of what Heath Ledger would have looked like when he was actually residing at home as Ulrich von Liechtenstein. Share your screen. I need to see this now. I don't have a picture of it. This is in my brain. Okay, well. Oh, all right. And and to add to Ulrich von Liechtenstein, because I'm this kind of person, I pondered the name and thought, I wonder if that old von Liechtenstein was actually related to the Liechtensteins. Yes. There was a real Ulrich von Liechtenstein in the 1200s. He was a minstrel and a page and from a very wealthy Liechtenstein family. Did he I end up becoming only... a jouster? Uh, n- uh, no, but he was a singer and a bard. Okay. All right. So the, the story has some basis in. Right. Uh, I can only assume he's related to the Liechtenstein family, but am without definitive proof. But it no, we are the lesser Lichtensteins. We have no royal blood. We are just <laughs> simple barn dwellers. We just muck the stalls. Yeah, that's. I... Listen, I don't care. Ulrich von Lichtenstein was a real man. Von Lichtenstein was a real man. He he was a bard. He told great stories. He has some poems. Give a coin to your witcher. <laughs> oh, valley of plenty. <laughs> yeah. There's there's the story that's kept me up every night this week. Yours was much more entertaining and novel than my like Mrs. Sherlock Holmes that was like so like fact heavy and not near as fun and silly. I thought your story was magnificent. I, I want to do something light next time because, you know, talking about like white slavers and you know, death and murder investigations. Stabby stuff? Yeah, like, I mean, strangely, that's where I go to relax, but when I hear something <laughs> joyful and jolly, I'm like, holy cow. These people aren't real. You I'm can convinced. find dopamine in these stories? Like, my uh, goodness. Like, I could not stop laughing. Every art, like, 
everything I learned just got funnier and funnier. Like, are you people serious? At one point, I learned this fact isn't in my story, but at one point, they <laughs> participated in the, I want to say it was the 1936 Olympics, only to discover that their flag is a little bit too similar to the Haitian flag. So next year they came back with an added crown, so it would look slightly different. Okay, so their flags, I want to be their PR guy. Their like, flags is basically the Milli Vanilli, or not Milli Vanilli, the um, oh, the Vanilla Ice. Like, no, my song goes doon do do doon do do doon and their <laughs> song goes. It's like yes. when our flag has our white stripe or whatever is. 3.8 of the the space theirs is four yeah see completely different and their color their their color here is just a hair more green than ours like you can you can see it right it's so blindingly obvious it's just so silly i just want to be their pr guy like i can't imagine them to have pr nightmares like even the tax invasion problem like that was so readily handled and and taken with such great care that it's like did they do they even have a pr guy or are they or their own pr guy like the prince calls the one cpa in the country and the cpa goes i'm I'm on it right like yeah i know you know i'll get mm -hmm. you the report tuesday because trust me i'm i'm pretty ticked off about this too and done done right like and could they be more perfect? Could they be sillier? Can we go have a beer with the prince? Like, find out when they do that, and then maybe, maybe we could, you know, do like a a podcast road trip. <laughs> like, I'm we not came to interview the prince of Liechtenstein. I'm not joking, right? Like, we'll spend. Hopefully, it's just happened, so we can spend a year getting our credentials going and like developing a leadership or a listenership in Liechtenstein, and then we can campaign to like do like interview with the crown prince. <laughs> I love it. L-I-E-C-H. What day is Liechtenstein's? National holidays, April, uh, August 15th. August 15th. Okay, so it'll have to be August 15th of 2024 or 25, truly, because we're just not going to pull that off in 23. My, I'm still going to be... Same. in physical therapy for the knee here i don't know if you can clearly <laughs> look, at, look at how cute they, they are they are adorable right okay right. so i hate to do this but i really do have to wrap this up because i have to you know get everything ready for a karate class starting here in a bit no i i get to go to the dump today so i have to get ready for that i'm very excited wow that both requires us to have up or uh, outfit updates I, yeah, I cannot wear my comfy pants to the dump. No. You got <laughs> to dress like you're headed to Walmart. You know, babe. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if you have enjoyed our antics and if you are thinking that Liechtenstein is the country for you and you want to figure out how you can support us and help us grow as we decide to grow our listen listenership in one 62 square mile chunk of Europe so that we can campaign to all come together as a podcast group and have beer with the prince. <laughs> we 
rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to help our podcast grow and you will become a Lichtensteinite and we will get this. Lichtensteiner. They're called Lichtensteiners. I had had to Google it because I was like, what do you call these people? Please tell me it's easier than Lichtenstein. (laughs) We could be unhinged history Steiners and we could do this together. And the only way we can is if, if we support each other. But if you're like, oh my gosh, Angie forgot about the one time in 1875 where Liechtenstein was invaded, and I can't believe you would dare leave that out, you can email us at unhinged.history at gmail dot or unhinged.historypod at gmail.com. It helps if I get I the actual you. correct. Yeah. And like, we're here to learn. Like, I, I don't know if you've learned that about us, but yeah, we need to know whatever bizarre fact, if you are a descendant of the founder of Liechtenstein, but don't, you you know, like you didn't want to live in the <laughs> castle. We're here for that too. Because the that sounds just, yeah, the lesser Liechtenstein. <laughs> Let us know. And on that note, goodbye. Bye. Bye.